The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian. And I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 99. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a quick plug for our next episode, not to say that this episode is at all going to be uh, subpar. It's going to be an awesome episode. But next episode is our Milestone 100th episode, and we are going to be going old school for that incredible milestone. So we are going to go back to where it all started, and we are going to do our deep dive on the movie that started it all, Star Wars. And if you're of our generation, then you know it's also called A New Hope. So wasn't called that originally in 1977, but we are going to deep dive into uh, A New Hope. In addition, we want to feature you, our wonderful listeners as well, by letting you email us questions uh, that you want us to ask, both questions about ourselves as persons and podcasters on the show, but also relating to Star Wars and our thoughts. And you can send us all those questions at starwars.sqpn.com. And if you are tech savvy and want to send us an audio feedback too, we would love to get that and we would play that on the show. You can record it just on your, your voice recorder on your smartphone and you can email that to us as well at starwars at sqpn.com. And we will uh, read those questions and play that audio feedback all during our 100th episode next time. And even if you don't have a question, uh, please email us or send us a voice recording of why you love the podcast, and we will definitely still play that and feature you on the show. You don't need to have a question, but we want this to be a celebration for all of us as we continue to celebrate all things Star Wars and the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. So definitely mark your calendars for that. That's coming next week. But back to episode 99, today we are discussing the sixth episode of Star Wars Visions. This is titled T.O.B. One. And joining me tonight on the panel is first up, we have Ronan himself, Thomas and Herho. I love it. Yes, <laughs> that was that was a really great nickname for you. It's so awesome. <laughs> and second up, we have Toby, Mike Creevy. <laughs> I'm not sure Spoiler if that one will Lord. stick, but uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I might, I might rethink that one. Hey, everybody, it's good to be back. Yeah, and yeah, it is absolutely wonderful to have you back. So before we jump into to Visions talk, there is just a little bit of news. You may have noticed this past week that there was a certain trailer that hit YouTube um, on the Book of Boba Fett. So. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, there was really no no spoilers there, but Book of Boba Fett is coming December 29th. And did you guys watch the trailer? And what did you think? I did. I, did. I, I could have done without a giant spider is the first thing you see. <laughs> but but I think honest to God, like because it's not because it's like mechanical, for some reason, that doesn't bother me as much. But actually, I think it was just because of, of, of what the trailer is. I was mm -hmm. excited. So uh, <laughs> I immediately caught on to like I know there's a lot of chatter online about like how he looks better. So he's yes. sort of healing from whatever. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I mean, whatever he was doing, like it's way after, uh, assumedly it's way after he got out of uh, the Sarlacc pit. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, my wife was laughing about it because she's like, I don't know. He looks kind of old. And I'm like, <laughs> he, he is kind of old, you know, even in Canon, he's, yep. he's old. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, maybe, you know, and maybe it's all that, that, uh, that hot tub stuff in like New Zealand. <laughs> that he <laughs> that, that, that was... Really? He's going to a, a back to spa. 
place in New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> yes. It gets uh, your eyebrows back. That's that's good to know. Yeah. So, yeah. I was I was happy to see <laughs> that he looked more <laughs> like like Boba Fett. Uh the other thing that I found interesting was um <clears throat> just the fact that he's trying to take apparently he's trying to take Jabba's, you know, captains and minions and rule by respect rather than fear. So I'm I'm very intrigued at how that's going to play out because like I think I, I don't think yeah. I really imagined such a such a a pl- well a plan that sort of not that I didn't think he would think it out but like the way you see it at the end the unexpected sort of end of Mandalorian season two mm-hmm. just you know blast him there I am it's like well he's apparently really been thinking this thing through for a while <laughs> he's, he's got there in business the aspirations yeah <laughs> good well, right because. I mean, being a bounty hunter is sort of a solo thing, and he's he's mm-hmm. branching out into to something much bigger. So, yeah, that should be that should be really good. So, uh, stay tuned for that. That, of course, we will be talking about uh, the book of Boba Fett in January. So that'll be that'll be an awesome uh, post Christmas gift to all of us fans. So jumping into to visions, uh, first of all, I, before we get into this particular episode, I wanted to uh, give Mike at least an opportunity to kind of give us his overall impressions of visions in general, since he has not yet been able to share his perspective yet on these. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll be quick because uh, father and I were just talking sort of offline about this a little bit. And um I was just telling him that you know, sort of by background, I mean, I never personally really got into any kind of um, anime format in, in any form per se, you know, whether it's TV or movies or, or any or comics or anything. And, um, you know, no particular reason. It was just never something I kind of pursued or really um, uh, educated myself, so to speak, on in terms of, of the specific influences or why certain uh, uh, if it's like a show or something like why certain angles, you know, why certain camera angles, why certain, you know, uh, action sequences, you know, why a lot of, well, pretty much anything, you know, why is why it's done the way it is. So I am completely in a sense, uneducated and kind of a noob when it comes to any of those influences or backgrounds or anything like that. So in a way, I, you know, I think I'm somewhat maybe hindered insofar as I don't have that to pull from myself. But, I, you know, I, I've been trying to just basically go into everything with sort of a blank slate and really just try to take it all in and, and pay specific attention to everything. And I found it interesting. I think on the interesting side for me has been um, just being more. Well, it's the freshness of it. So, so seeing a franchise I love so much, but but through a completely different kind of lens, like all of us are, I guess, watching this. But. So, uh, so that's been interesting. I must confess though. Um, and this is something I said to father a little bit, just in general, that I think because of that, I don't have kind of like, a ingrained kind of like, um, excitement because it's anime necessarily, <laughs> you know, so it is just, again, there's like this, this, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm not really, I'm taking each one kind of in turn and I gotta say, I'm ashamed to admit this because I know everybody loves the village bride. It was a bad night for me to attempt to watch it because I was extra exhausted and I fell asleep like three <laughs> minutes into it. Now I went back. I really did appreciate it when I went back and watched it like the next week, I gave it another shot and I was like, okay, that was good. But uh, I laughed though. Cause I, I told Christine later, my wife, I was like, She's like, how long is it? And I was like, huh, it's like, I was like, it's like 18 minutes long. <laughs> you had to have been tired. No, there's, was, nothing, was, there's nothing about it. Like, that yeah. would have I said, that was, that, that was fast. Yeah, no, but I, I did very much appreciate it the second go around. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's it in a nutshell, I'd say. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is taking everything that we knew about Star Wars and just kind of throwing it out, you know, uh, to the wind and we just kind of get a kind of play with it. Uh, so. Zooming in then on this episode, uh, in general, I mean, what 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 do you guys think? What was your your first thoughts of this? It's very Astro Boy. Like I I, I was never much into Astro Boy, but um, there there's a lot of homage to it. Just even in in the name of the the droid. So Tobio mm-hmm. is the name of the son of the original scientist that created Astro Boy to replace his son. So it's kind of a you know it's all it, they they were definitely channeling uh, Astro Boy in this um i i 
I liked it, but I also just, it's kind of out there. Like, it's very fringe. Even for me, who likes anime, <laughs> it's very fringe on that side of things. Interestingly, though, with this one, it had the most canonical lore speak out of all of them, right? So it seemed uh, like it. Yeah. The yeah yeah the master scientist he ke- he kept mentioned like he kept using force mantras that come yeah, up mm-hmm. in all of these yeah. other spaces. He talks about the will of the force. Uh, he talks about you know he says um, the forces the forces with me the forces in me. He he, he mm-hmm. does all of those mantras. And you haven't seen that really in the other ones very much. Like there's been no. the force, the force be with you, but not so much, uh, all of the other, like really religious speak of the Jedi, which is odd for this one because it so much turns the religion aspect of the Jedi on its head. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, I, I thought it was interesting. And I, I, you know, we all, of course, I, I was saying a father too earlier. I'm, sure everybody got this sort of Pinocchio vibe too, to some extent with this, um, you know, this boy who wants to be, or this, you know, this droid who wants to be a real boy kind of thing. Um, and I, you know, hopefully not overplaying the hand, but there's, you know, there's of course with that, some interesting potential, uh, Christian undertones maybe that I'm sure wasn't necessarily, you know, one of the goals of, of the filmmakers per se, but, Anytime I see that, I really appreciate that, that idea of, uh, I know, I think C.S. Lewis talks about that too at one point, like that we're all, you know, like in, in the toy shop or something like that. And, and there's a, a rumor going around that we're all going to become real, like that kind of, you know, that, that, that transformative uh, nature that we're not just called to ultimately through this, this redemption thing, just be better. You know, it's, it's this complete a higher pitch of, of existence that we're called to. So that was kind of cool. I thought that he's got these aspirations that are so beyond the scope of anything we've ever seen for a droid before the, the availability of him being able to do that is a whole other thing. I'm not so sure how I feel about it. <laughs> Wait a minute. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that. Right. So I've got some, I've got some things to say there too. Um, so we've got Astro Boy, we've got Pinocchio. I'm going to throw in another character that it reminded me of, um, for all you Star Trek fans out there, it reminded me of Data from the next generation because his, his pursuit to be human. And in particular, um, it reminded me of a, I think it's season two episode of Star Trek called the measure of a man. And so they actually like go into kind of a, uh, a law process in determining whether data can be reassembled or taken apart and cl- and basically copied or whether that's a violation of him as a, as a person. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I kind of felt it was kind of all of those things. Um, I've never seen Astro boy. So like, I definitely would not have picked up on that connection except for in researching for, for this episode. Pinocchio was also very much clearly like, oh yeah, this is this is a Star Wars Pinocchio. Um, other couple impressions on my end. Um, I found it more childish than I was hoping for. Um, and but also at the same time, it was deeper than I was expecting. Like it starts off kind of childish, and I think maybe that's kind of the point: is it starts off that way, and and by the end of the episode, it's 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 not as childish. So, yeah, I it's it's funny. You should, the only thing I want to shoot off of that just made me think like I feel like it's I think I totally see where you're coming from. And what I what I just kind of got a feeling of is like, I think it had certain things and I'd have to go back and rewatch to make notes specifically. But I I think it has some things that maybe like resistance could have done oh, <laughs> or maybe sure. done a little bit better to, you know, to, to, to get that sort of maybe more kid feel without having it be like goofy because this didn't it didn't feel really goofy to me and it's it's a it's its own sort of standalone mm-hmm. thing but um yeah i, I think you know I, I saw elements of it that that could be a viable you know sort of you know S- star wars for a younger audience like you mm-hmm. know for the for the kids without kind of dumbing it down so to speak yeah and i and i guess i i need to maybe sit with my my feelings on this a little bit more because the uh um tattooing rhapsody episode was also you <laughs> could you could claim that that one's also childish to a certain yeah. degree but i really enjoyed that one <laughs> and this one i i, I had, so no, I had a moment like that too because um 
I, I looked up before I watched them. I'm looking up who does them to try and see, you know, what other stuff they've done to oh, okay. get a sense of, of who, who it is. And um, the writer for this one did this anime called uh, Fruits Basket, which is a really good, like, slice of life. When I keep talking slice of life, what I'm talking about is, like, the anime style. Like, you know, they go to school. They do stuff at school. They, it's just life. It's, mm-hmm. it's just there. That's what they're doing. And so he wrote this, he wrote for this series that was very much a slice of life series where it was just, you know, these kids that were going to school and all the stuff that they were dealing with. And, um, so I was kind of expecting something like that. And that is not what this <laughs> was at all. This was not no. a, uh, you know, I was expecting something more along the lines of Tatooine Rhapsody, maybe a little more, yeah. uh, you know, into the Star Wars universe. And then, man, this was just kind of very fairy tale. uh, writing style right. and so uh i was i was not ready for this <laughs> when i watched it and it was it was fun it was interesting and i think it's really good like watching it with my kids is great because my kids each connect with these in a different way mm, and uh yep. my eight-year-old really latched onto this one like this was was his thing he loved this one he thought it was great it fit all of his kind of you know it had that that really rounded corners on everything. Mm-hmm. And so like you're saying, father, it's, it's childish, but in the right way where it pulls that child into that deeper uh, meaning of what's going on. And so, you know, there's the story there that's, that's deeper about legacy mm-hmm. and about, uh, you know, about purpose and, and calling. And it's really, uh, yeah, so I, when we get into it a little more, we'll talk, we'll talk more about it. But I really liked that aspect of it, like seeing it through my child's eyes well, it was sure. really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, to, to kind of lead us into that, um, I'm gonna, we're going to do things a little bit different uh, this evening. Uh, we're going to kind of, I'm going to give an overview of the summary first, and then we'll kind of get into to more uh, detailed uh, topics for discussion because a lot of the the topics here are sort of you kind of have to take the story as a whole to 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 kind of see and and see so uh so we're going to start off with just kind of a, a brief summary as best as i was able to do so uh hang in hang in there with me on this one so t tob1 is a droid who aspires to be a jedi his creator professor mitaka and he, along with a number of other droids, are on a planet attempting to terraform it and bring life to this barren surface. TOB-1 is bored with the work and wants to see the galaxy. He daydreams of being a Jedi and even feels something calling out to him. Professor Mitaka sends him on a quest to find a kyber crystal on the planet, something needed to create a lightsaber and be a Jedi. TOB-1 searches the entire planet and can't find it, so he decides to search in the basement where they live, where Professor Mitaka has forbidden him to go. In the basement, TOB-1 finds a ship and powers it up, inadvertently signaling to an Inquisitor to come to the planet to kill any Jedi that he might find. Professor Mitaka reveals himself to be one of these old Jedi and uses the Force and hides TOB-1, and Mitaka is killed by the Inquisitor. TOB-1 comes out of hiding and finds his master's burial site and promises to continue his work, and the droids all work together, eventually bringing life back to the planet. As it rains, TOB-1 finds the kyber crystal in his master's burial site, and the Inquisitor is drawn back to the planet, and they begin a fight. In a Force vision, TOB-1 is knighted, a Jedi by Professor Mutaka, and newly renamed Toby fights the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor is stunned that Toby is a droid, and Toby defeats the Inquisitor with the help of the other droids. Finally, Toby and all the droids head off in in the ship to help other planets, because that's what Jedi do. The end. So the the first thing, at least, that I wanted to touch on, and we we kind of already touched on it a little bit, was the Astro Boy-Pinocchio connection. And so... Um, in my in kind of just reading about Astro Boy, so I I will confess I've I've never seen it, I've never read it. It's just this is kind of what I've been pulling from it. Um, this was very clearly um, in honor of of Astro Boy, and there was a, there's a lot of similarities and 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 stuff because Astro Boy um, is an android who is sort of he he was supposed to kind of take the place of to to Tobio Tobio the. Um, mm-hmm. Tobio, yeah, Tobio. It's it's Toby in the English one, so yeah. So so like even the name there is 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 reminiscent of of the other. So so um, Astro Boy 
is an android who's sort of, be, I guess, being forced to assimilate into to human culture. Um, so there's that aspect of, you know, a droid becoming human um, and even like Pinocchio, that whole process of going from, you know, being a mischievous uh, wooden doll to learning to become good and being a real boy. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think this is the story of TOB1 kind of going through that same transformation process by the end of the episode. Um, there was, uh, I mean, like even the art style with Astro Boy, they're similar, uh, they're similar there. Um, and even the, the professor, Professor Mitaka is sort of modeled after the, um, and I feel so bad. I'm sorry if I butchered this name in, in Japanese, but, uh, he's sort of modeled after the white haired Professor Hiroshi Ochanomisu. I hope I got that right. And, um, and even like in this anime, I'm not a huge fan of Astro Boy, so I can't, I can't yeah, you can't help you, me out, Thomas. <laughs> Sorry. There, there was even a lot of apparently kind of, um, they were fighting for robot rights in, in the anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is actually a Star Wars, uh, theme too. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was, um, to, to me, this was really reminiscent of one of my favorite Pinocchio, uh, variety tales, which was, um, AI. So if, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. it was, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, it was cut short by uh, the death of its director and then kind of got a slapped on ending that was a homage to him, which made it not end as well as it should have. But it's a really great movie about an, an android that's trying to become human. And it, it happens to be a boy android that's trying to become human. And it's... Um, so, so I got a lot of that sense from it, but very much more in, in the uh, really, really embracing the, the fairy tale aspect of, of the Pinocchio tale and like this being extremely uh, fairy tale-esque. And I liked it. I thought that aspect of it was really interesting. And it, it draws you in. It, it makes you think, okay, well, you know, who are we to say what androids are capable of? And if they do develop uh, this sense of, of wonder and kind of because uh, cause you, you get the sense in throughout the Star Wars universe and they're really good about this that the droids are quippy they have an attitude but they rarely have that spark of of wonder about the world and I think the, the one variation that we get is the droid in the solo movie where she kind of is like dreaming about becoming uh you know a partner for uh lando and but i'm not sure how much of that is just like just her attitude and how much is that sense of you know wonder and and uh impossibility uh but here you get a very clear sense that this droid is not your standard droid with just a, a weird personality quirk but that he actually dreams of becoming something different and of changing and of growing and uh, embracing the use of the force and becoming a Jedi. And that was, it's different. It's very, takes you a minute as a star Wars fan to go. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll ride this wave. <laughs> that's, that's where this episode sort of takes what we know about star Wars and says, like, ignore everything that you knew before. And we're going right. to, you're going to do something <laughs> new. And like, and that, that was one of the, the questions that I was, pondering as as i was preparing uh for this discussion was um well i mean it kind of begs the question like um well a couple questions are droids truly life forms for one um you could get even deeper and say well do do droids have souls which is kind of a fun philosophical kind of problem to talk about but then in context of this episode then what does it take to actually be a Jedi and, and Mm -hmm. like what's necessary behind that. And um, you know, it, it, from the way that we understand or that we have understood the force uh, to work is that, I mean, even Yoda says that life creates the force. And so Mm -hmm. there's this immediate connection that, that the force is connected to, to life and life causes it to grow and work. And there's this assumption that only someone who is authentically living can, can access the force and be a Jedi. And so 
where do a, where does a droid fit in? You know, where does a machine fit into this? If it's just a machine running algorithms and artificial intelligence, is that truly sentient life or or not? Um, yeah, and and uh, L three from Solo is is definitely the the clearest kind of example of a droid who has seemingly more than just an AI kind of program, but is seemingly yeah dreaming or sentient in in that sense. Um, so those are all kind of, I guess, fun questions to to ponder and and. <laughs> well, I've, I was just thinking. I I don't know how much of a connection this is, but it's um. Well, so uh, I'm. It's been taking forever just because I, of how long it takes me to do stuff. But uh, I've been working my way through the uh, Silmarillion lately, and mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting. If if you know if any um, listeners have have read that or heard audiobook or whatever it is, but there's that scene where um the one um i know her character like the kind of archangel type you know character uh aule creates the dwarves and um just because he thinks it's really cool like he basically you know this master (laughs) smith kind of angel and he makes these dwarves because he's all into like it's in that section where they're all participating basically in this sort of what tolkien himself called this sub creation right um where it's neat like this this vision that tolkien has basically like god creates these these super angels right and then the angels kind of have uh, some capacity and responsibility and, and some degree of freedom to kind of create as well in a sense with what they're given from him to start with but that that the idea in that story is that only goes kind of a little too far he wasn't supposed to create these creatures you know and so he's he's repentant and he picks up his hammer to kind of smash them when he gets confronted by God, essentially. And then God takes pity on them. And he's like, no, you know, they're all right. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep them. But you got to they got to sleep for a while because, you know, I've got this plan. Or, you know, they'll, they'll come. They'll wake up later. And so and then they do, of course, and they're unruly and they're kind of interesting. And, you know, they, they have their their own character that somehow fits into the the more direct story. So I guess my I'm wondering. I don't know how far they want to go with this, but, but, you know, do you have room in star Wars for like something being more mysterious about the nature of the force and of life itself that, you know, you know, we, even those who thought they knew the whole picture, you know, and someone like Yoda, you you just sort of don't even assume that there's something that Yoda doesn't know about the force. Right. (laughs) He's Yoda, but it's like, well, I don't know, maybe Yoda didn't know that, you know, droids can possibly tap into the force too. You know, well, so you I don't know. Sense, you get the sense here that the that the master is kind of intrigued, right? Like they yeah. do a really good job mm-hmm. of him interacting with TBO One and and asking him questions about things, especially once he starts talking about the dreams of of using the force and of becoming a Jedi, and he's mm-hmm. like, really. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's this Kyber crystal. You know, right. it's kind of like I, mean, I was surprised how fast it. he's like, you can go find if you can find <laughs> right. a Kyber. Yeah. What I what I loved about that though too was that like there was this real fatherly dimension of Professor mm-hmm. Mitaka mm-hmm. because it wasn't like uh, you know, Tob One is like, well, I'm I'm having the I feel like something's calling out to me, and he's like, and he didn't just shut him down. But he encourages him, and and yeah, it sends him on this quest to go find the Kyber crystal. Like, go search the entire it's like planet. The dad, dad, we want a dog. You're like, you have to feed the dog and give the dog. Like, you, you know? make them practice or make <laughs> <Right>. them <laughs> do things to demonstrate that they're ready to have a dog. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't do that because we already had a dog by the time our girls were real little. So we sort of next time around <laughs> make them. You know, so but yeah, it's like okay, we have to we have to make an effort. This isn't easy. You know. <laughs> But he's also protective, too. So, like, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he details T.O.B. wanted to stay out of the basement and not because it's like, you know, it's it's he wants him to stay out of the basement because he, he'll get into trouble and call the Inquisitor, which is exactly what he does, you know. But it's not like arbitrary that you just can't go down there. It's there. He's protective. And then, of course, when the Inquisitor mm-hmm. comes, he he puts him in the uses the force and kind of conceals him. Um, and is protective of him there too. So I, I, I appreciated that, that dynamic of, um, you've got kind of a father son, uh, uh, dynamic going on there. Well, and I, I hope this isn't, <laughs> I hope this isn't dark humor, but, but I mean, like, you know, normally when I'm telling my girls that I don't want them to do something or especially the five-year-old, you know, I'm mostly thinking about her safety. I'm not thinking about me dying 
as a result of her. <laughs> it's like, don't go in the basement. And then he actually gets, you know, ends up having to sacrifice his own life mm-hmm. as a result of the kid going in the basement. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, that's what I always think of when they're like around me Isn't and I'm building <laughs> something. And it's like, I'm like, I'm going to die because this kid's going to well, walk into something. They're going to do something you, dumb. And then I'm going to like, have, you know, you my hand off. Me. You're so outnumbered. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> just watching them i'm like i'm gonna have to save their life and in that in doing that in that moment (laughs) yeah but i I, it's interesting too that the that his death that mintaka's death is the catalyst Mm -hmm. to not just the awakening of uh uh, tb1's powers but the changing of his purpose too and i thought that was really uh that was a really powerful statement hidden under all of this kind of silliness Mm -hmm. uh, that's going on. It's like you see, he takes up the mantle of uh, the person that he was uh, respectful of, but and and totally changes what his calling was into this thing that he, that he embraces with such power. And in doing so ends up back at the place that he felt he was destined to be. And that's, so many times in our life we end up finding that same uh, trade-off, right? Where we're like, I, this isn't what I expected I needed to be doing, but I'm going to do it because I, I feel responsible for it. And then you go down that path and up oh, suddenly you're at the place where you expected, you know, we, we, what is it? What is the quote? We, we very often uh, find our destiny in the, the measures we try and take to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I found this whole thing, process to be i mean uh it's it's very a star wars topic but the whole uh, idea of vocation you know like a lot of us want to run from you know where where god is calling us in life and, and often it's in the running away that yeah we exactly find ourselves going where we didn't expect to or perhaps you know we we did expect years ago but the the route there was was not uh expected and Definitely, I mean, TOB one, he he grows into that vocation. He kind of lets go of his dreams of seeing the galaxy to stay and and terraform the planet. But then by the end of the episode, they're going to explore the galaxy and help other planets. So yeah, very very cool there. I I did see a a parallel between um, Toby's journey and the planet's journey. So as as Toby is helping to to terraform the planet, it's almost like that's part of his own growth as well like the, the life is growing in him in the same way that it's growing on the planet and it's when the planet is finally back fully alive that his his powers sort of become the most prominent and and he takes up that that mantle um and that's of course when when the inquisitor comes back and and causes all sorts of issues um and so speaking of that i did want to talk about the the battle uh between uh tob1 and the inquisitor because i think that's that's kind of the the climax of the whole story and um i found it to be another turning point so i i appreciated that thomas you pointed out that one of the turning points is when uh, mitaka dies but this battle i think is also absolutely crucial in his own turning point because i i noticed that he goes from being tob1 to toby in that in that force vision where Professor Mitaka kind of knights him and and you know says that you know he was you're you're my Padawan and and takes him and, and makes him a, a full Jedi Knight. And then he's renamed Toby instead of just TOB one. And I really liked that 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 whole process because the whole taking on a new name signifies, you know, something substantial has changed. There's a new life here. You know, and that that happens. In fact, it happens kind of all the time. And we see it in scripture. You know, Abram mm-hmm. becomes Abraham and Peter right. uh, or Simon becomes Peter. Jesus uh, renames him Peter, uh, the rock in which Jesus will build his church. But even contemporary, I mean, taking on a new name is still something that happens today. When you have someone who enters religious life, they often will take on a new name for that. Uh, or even like myself becoming a priest. I became Father Andrew, not just Andrew. And Father is not a title. It's my name. It's who I am. It's my vocation. Uh, but also even in marriage, it happens too. Like your wives took on a new name when they, when they married, married you. 
And so it's God, God bless her. It was a bold move. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I loved that that whole dynamic of the of the name change. Well, and especially in this case too, with um, the fact that I think there's extra kind of coolness to it, if you will, that it's it's a it's a switch from a number to a name, mm-hmm. right? You right, know, and that just carries with it such more of a you know. Even when we call, you know, like the difference you feel like, you, yeah, I sometimes call him R two D two. And R2 is just short for that, but not really. He's R2. He's A-R-T-O-O. A-R-T-O-O, yep. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> even, even in the it's novels, right. they'll, they'll spell uh-huh. it out. A-R-T-O-O. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and another Star Wars example is really interesting because um, the Jedi don't take a name, but the Sith do. And that's mm. you know kind of a, an alteration of the the goodness of it they, they they take titles right the jedi have the title of padawan and master uh but they but the sith actually alter their name to this completely different thing and the inquisitor himself uh was was kind of a a fun character to kind of look at because i think uh at least for me the inquisitor voiced my own initial resistance to this because like <laughs> after the name change and um uh toby you know kind of comes back and uh, the Inquisitor stabs him in the hand and he realizes that he's a droid and the Inquisitor is like completely shocked that that he's a droid. <laughs> and so I think that was almost like the audience's reaction to the same thing. Like he's he's a droid and a Jedi. OK, uh, you know, and he's I a droid. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that but ultimately, I think that that causes his downfall is like he he assumed he knew Toby and completely Mm -hmm. didn't and toby is able to um use the force and use the other droids to to take him down that was kind of it for the the big topics that i had what uh what other uh things did you guys kind of pick up from uh from this episode so i went looking for other droids that have used the force Mm. and there are none there are zero Yeah. Absolutely zero droids that use the force. The the closest example you can get, and this the reason I went looking was because I was like, I remember there being something about this. And there was this group called the Iron Knights in Legends uh, that was mm-hmm. uh, they fought the Yuuzhan Vong, so it was kind of the post um, original Star Wars yeah. uh, movies. And it, but the what was going on there was that it was like shards of of beings that could use the force, and so they were alive, but they needed bodies so they were like kind of disembodied uh force users that needed bodies to be able to work and so the shards were kept inside of these mechanical beings that were like droids but they weren't droids so that's the closest we get in star wars canon to a droid being a force user yeah and we have i mean (laughs) there's this whole like the the amount of time and effort and resources that palpatine commits to cloning you know at the core of it is, I mean, I, I, I've assumed this whole time a baseline assumption that it's something that needs to be organically replicated or, or housed, mm-hmm. you know. And so now, I mean, I again, I don't know. Would, I think did you guys mention early on in the in the this series, you know, uh, on vision specifically that that various people behind it had basically said, like, you kind of have to just let canon kind of go yeah <laughs> was it something yeah. to the i don't want to misquote it but so i'm assuming that that applies to this as well yeah and we shouldn't expect to see like you know you know guess what a big twist in the rogue squadron movie is going to be that like the ships use the force <laughs> you know like okay well no so i i i, I that was that was my sort of guess with it is it's, it's just like a like star wars version of what if yeah, right. that's exactly that's exactly like what that? these are. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I love yeah. that. I think that's a good aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's sort it's of the sandbox thing, right? Yep. You know, like, like you know, like you know, you can't make C three PO use the force. Like, you can use the force. You know, it's like it's like <laughs> well, the toy it, you got that so, day. So there is some actual canon <laughs> against this kind of thing too, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a lot of debate about what what Obi Wan means when he says that. Um, Anakin is more machine than man now. And there's debate about whether or not Vader is as powerful as Anakin Skywalker was. And, and, and a lot of people believe that he's not, he's, he is a shell of himself because there's so little that's left of him. That's organic. So 
you know, I, I, I love, I love this episode because I think it's really, you know, it, it, it plays its own place. And, and as long as we we're looking at these outside of like Canon, they're not going to change the way that we're looking at, at star Wars as a whole. Uh, they're really good. But I think when you do dig into it and you want to like talk about whether or not a droid can be a force user, the answer is pretty clearly no. Which then goes back to all those other questions you were saying when we when we talk about droids, right? Do they have a soul? Do they have, you know? Uh, and and it's interesting to think about that kind of stuff. As I'm I'm coming off of you know just watching Dune, and Dune is all about like they've gotten rid of all machines. Like there are no more computers. Computers are illegal. They don't use them anymore because they had AI at some point in the history of humanity, and it went haywire. And they were like, no more of that. <laughs> we're done and so there are no computers and that's just the way that they operate and um you know so between that and then and this kind of thing and then we we get into these talks on the secrets of tech which is another one of our podcasts at sqpn all the time about ai rights and whether or not you can whether or not an ai can have morals and it's there are so many interesting conversations happening in humanity right now because we are so reliant on machines one and two we're getting to a point where we're making machines that are as fast as and as um and, and in a lot of cases more capable than we are and we're starting to ask that question what happens when they become dramatically more capable than we are at doing general tasks and what does that mean for us what does that mean for the machines you know so seeing something like this kind of it, it gets that Pinocchio aspect and pulls it into like, you know, cause I think the big problem with Pinocchio was as a, as a toy, he couldn't have those, uh, those internal qualms and that, that led him to be a better person, right? He could, he could only follow what, uh, what was right in front of him. And that was the big problem is that to become a real boy, he had to gain a conscience, basically gain, a, gain a system of morals. And um, so you see something very similar here where this droid has these dreams, but he's not uh, taking responsibility for the things that he's supposed to be doing. And to become a real boy, to become a Jedi, he has to accept that there are things that are, that are important, that are significant, that, are, that must be done before we can gallivant off and, and mm-hmm. explore the galaxy. I'm just nervous on what I should do with my Alexa device now. <laughs> but those are, I mean, yeah, those are, those are the questions. And, you know, at mm-hmm. least even from, from kind of a, kind of a Catholic uh, perspective, like even a, even a self-aware AI machine would not have a soul because a soul is, is the, the life principle of, of the body. And I mean, even, even if you could program a machine to think for itself, it's still, it's still not authentic life in the same way. Um, you know, but like, but when we, when we look at star Wars, it's like, okay, we're, we're completely out of our own universe and galaxy. And so we're, we're playing with a whole new, uh, well, and, and freedom is not, freedom is not just, you know, we can do a whole other thing on this and it's on my mind. Cause I'm, I'm just ending a, uh, a unit with my ninth grader uh, Old Testament class right now on um, the Exodus and trying to help them bridge this gap between, you know, freedom is not just being out of the control of someone else. It's also not just being able to do whatever you want to do. It is being responsible for what you do. It is it's it's inseparable from duty and commitment and courage and, and all of those things. And so that would be interesting to pursue that, right? To, to you know, like. You can have the most incredible AI ever. Who's it responsible to? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to answer for itself. We do. <laughs> you know, that's that's got even like like the morality of an AI would be something that you program into it. Right. I right. mean, like, yeah, yeah, it would reflect its. Pro- well, it's, it's exactly what Kuil said about the droid, right? With the IG-11. Yeah. Or IG, yeah, yep. IG-11. Yeah. Right? About, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of its programmer, which we're not exactly, you know, but. But uh, yeah, but now you wonder, is Toby? He, I don't know. 
in a way, <laughs> you know. But yeah. Well, and I and I think I mean it's I, different I, though. I I think you have to look at this as yeah as we are looking at it separate from canon and say right. I think they're intentionally making Toby this um, more than just a an AI program to to act sure. in a certain way. I, you know, it's it's very clearly a he has become more than just mm-hmm. a droid. Um, and I think that's yeah. clear in, in the fact that he's he can use the force and he's a Jedi is is that it's right. they're they're making that point is that and I, and I think they're they're wanting almost to to force us to ask these questions you know right mm-hmm. and and I think that's part of the point and and so it's it's really it's fun to engage in that but um it's yeah kind of a, it seems like it's not fair to Anakin though because you know I'm just laughing like the episode <laughs> two you know like I want more and I know I shouldn't. And then look what happens to him. This kid's a robot and he gets to be a Jedi. Come on. I always, I always feel bad for General Grievous. I mean, he got he got the short end of the stick there, too. So absolutely. <laughs> well, and I, and I think even going forward, I, I mean, Star Wars is going to continue to play with this. And they've, they've done this in the mm-hmm. Legends books. Um, not sure. so much in can a droid be a Jedi, but but like what are the rights of droids, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so even in some of the Legends books, there's droids that are that are, you know, trying to stand up for themselves and and all of that. And then you've got the the droid in Solo that's trying to do the same thing. And, you know, and those are all good questions to ask and sort of and if we frame it in the, the droid framework, we can kind of play with it and, and and do some some interesting things with it. But but it gets I mean, ultimately, it points down to the to the uh, just the the core issue of like, you know, um, we need to be treating life forms with respect and with compassion and love. And um, I'm not sure how AIs fit into that because but, you know, but even just like, say, animals or, you know, uh, beings with with uh, that aren't that aren't human, you know, we're still called to treat all life with with respect. Yeah. So, I mean. Go, go Toby. <laughs> I don't think I'm sticking with that nickname, by the way. No offense to him. I just thought it was fresh. <laughs> and and it, by the way, it is what I use to order my lunch meat today. So <laughs> nice. Toby, which was funny because, yeah, and I, I felt so dumb because I, I, of course, I saw the episode title when I said it out loud the first time. I'm like, oh, Obi-Wan. Oh, OK. <laughs> you know, like, all right. But then now, you know, then what Thomas is saying tonight, I had no idea about that. When they call him Toby in the episode, I'm like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. But then for some reason, it wasn't until I went to type it into the kiosk, which doesn't allow you to use any numbers or any hyphens. And I had to type <laughs> T-O-B-I. And I'm like. Oh, t- okay. Like there, there were like there were like four or five times where I was like, oh, no, yeah, I got you. So, <laughs> well, I, I thought I, it was it was interesting. You know, you, you bring up Obi Wan, and I think um, this the setting for this one is really a, a cool kind of throwback to Episode One, right? Or mm-hmm. Episode Four, uh, you know, New Hope, mm-hmm. where you've got the T sixteen Skyhopper, mm-hmm. which is Luke's ship from that episode. You've got uh this old this wizened old guy who's, you know, mm-hmm. living in the desert, kind of a hermit's life. You've got the the concept that they're on a desert planet that mm-hmm. they're making a way for life on this desert planet through just sheer technological uh uh willpower. And um and it was so cool because you got the in the in the doctor or in the in the professor you had this, this mix of like old man Luke and mm-hmm. Obi Wan, and it was right. a really good feel for him. I thought they did a great yeah. job with how he felt in this whole yeah. whole episode. I thought there was one point when he was on the uh, the speeder bike. It even looked like there were there were two sons there, or at least two. You know that they had, you know, kind of had a little Tatooine vibe to it. Yeah. Um, there were also some other callbacks too. Um, I I didn't really get a chance to to delve into it too deep, but on the walls, like in in the house, there were um, depictions of of things. And um, I was just trying to look it up quick. I I want to say that they were like um, elements of. I think they were elements of of the Skywalker saga throughout the throughout the movies. Um, but I'd have to look mm-hmm. into that a little bit more deeply. Yeah, it, did. it looked like battles, like with X wings and yeah, and yeah, yeah, and stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there was, yeah, there there was a lot of 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 fun callbacks there too. If if uh, for for those of you who want more of a deep dive, um, the other callback that I found was um, uh, you, Thomas, you mentioned the Rogue One connection, the the uh, mantra, mm-hmm. "I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me." 
there was also another point where Professor Mitaka is talking to to Toby and and says because he's talking about his desire to be a Jedi and Mitaka says adventure excitement. I'm afraid that being yes. a Jedi is not as glamorous as it is in your dreams, and that is that is v- very similar to what Yoda tells Luke: adventure, excitement. Right. A Jedi craves not these Jedi things. Jedi craves not these. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. So some fun. Pa- and they had they put the little pause in there too, where you're like, you filled in the Yoda quote, and then he went somewhere else. <laughs> right. with it. You're like, okay, okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts on this episode before we wrap up? The only thing I was laughing about was uh, just a few minutes ago was the uh, what we were saying about how it's it's not something that you're realistically going to see fleshed out in canon. And mm-hmm. I, I was immediately thinking, and maybe that's what happened to Ryan Johnson's trilogy. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, the the infamous like, oh, he's got a trilogy and then Last Jedi comes out and then, you know, ever <laughs> since every time someone asks, well, where's the Johnson trilogy? Like, I, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Did they turn the air conditioning on? No, just, so, so no, I don't expect to see Toby after this episode, but uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a fun one. Uh, so, listeners, uh, that's it from us tonight. And we, of course, want to know what you thought of uh, Tob One. So you can let us know through all the the various social media outlets. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Starquest Media. You can tweet at us. We're at SQPN. And you can email us all of your feedback to starwars at sqpn.com. And we would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Stephen F., James B., D.W., Helen G., and David H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also just want to put in a plug for all the fantastic uh, Secrets of Star Wars merch. Uh, You can get your own t-shirt or coffee mug, stickers, magnets, all sorts of things that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. And you can find all of the wonderful merch at sqpn.com slash merch. Also, of course, please be sure to share the podcast on Twitter and Facebook and let us uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts Uh, that uh, lets us know how we're doing. But it also allows us to be seen by more people. So the more reviews we get, the better we are at getting out in front of the audience who would want to listen to us talk about Star Wars. And of course, if you are not subscribed what what are you doing subscribe to the show <laughs> apple podcast google podcast uh your favorite podcast player you can find us on all of those and you can find us on the sqpn youtube channel just be sure to click that bell and get notifications of new episodes and you can find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash star wars and we will be back next week as we celebrate our huge 100th episode. So thank you to all our listeners Ooh. who have helped us to get to this point. This is a, a huge milestone, and so we are very excited to to share this with you all. And we will, of course, be talking about Star Wars A New Hope, the movie that started this whole thing and the reason why we even have a podcast to begin with so uh, definitely don't want to miss that and reminder to please send us uh, comments and questions and uh, just why why you love the show and we will share that on our 100th episode next week so until then Thomas Sanherjo thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars it's been great and Mike Creevy thanks for joining us this evening as well fun is always good to be home absolutely <laughs> You should have said, Chewy, we're home. Yeah, Chewy, we're home. There it is. (laughs) And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.